Hello, and thank you for joining us. This is Brian, your host of the Parish the Thought Show. The opinions of said host and our guests have not been sanitized or scientifically tested, so please consume at your own risk. Ladies and gentlemen, and whoever else is listening, my guest today is Marvin Pratt, the Director of Health and Safety for Chico State University in Chico, California. And he is today's foremost expert, at least for the purposes of this show, on government. So this might be a little boring. This might be a little eye-opening. Marvin Pratt, welcome back. Thanks for having me. This is our, this is your third, fourth? Uh, third? Fourth. I don't know. This is your fourth, fourth visit to the Paris wow. show. I mean, either you lost a bet or I don't know, my quality of my interview. Are you persistent? Or I'm persistent. I'm like desperate. Oh, I need somebody to give me a warm body. I need to talk about something. Okay. We're, we're talking today about. You call it the efficiency of government. I say inefficiency of government because I'm always pissing and moaning about government. And I think both you and I got this from our dad, who's government. They just they can't get anything right, you know, and uh, they mess everything up. And it's in the model of inefficiency. And if it makes sense, they're not going to do it. And because I've experienced it in government settings and working for the Forest Service years ago, you just see a different mentality. It leads me to believe that it's just all, it, it, it's just the epitome of non-progress. So change my mind because you work in government. You work for Chico State University and have for 20 plus, 25 plus years. Yes. I have been in government sector for, um, longer because you're the vast majority of my life so i i came out of high school spent four and a half years in the military then came to chico state uh i worked two years as a student intern in the safety office a year as a contractor for the university and now i'm coming up on 28 years of um service at chico state Um, so what you're saying is you're one of the drones that's part of the problem Absolutely. I, you're, you're talking to the problem. Fix, fix my perception. Well, and that's part of why, uh, you know, when we talk it, uh, it's, you know, government is there for a reason. And I, I learned more about this, not just from my personal experience, but when I, um, went to get my master's degree, ended up getting a master's in public administration, which, you know, we obviously in public administration, you study the government, right? The good, you know, why is there a government and what good does it do? And what are some of the problems with government? Because it's not all good. Um, so it was, it was an interesting uh, exercise getting my, you know, uh, study in public administration that I had never really been drawn to studying it. It just, I did it for work progression for the most part, but into actually enjoying it more than I thought I would. So yes, I'm a government drone. You know, you got quite a personality for being a robot. Explain yourself. Well, I think that's one of the reasons I I wanted to talk to you because I think for so many people, um, you know, you and I have talked about 
how everyone needs to be put in a bucket, right? You're right. Need, you're needs left. To? You're needs liberal. to or just, you know, yeah, yeah. Needs to, maybe they don't need to, but they are definitely put in a box or bucket. Right. So for the way our society works and stuff now, and I think that in large part, the same thing has happened to government, right? Um, government, you know, is bad and, or, you know, government should help us solve this problem. And a lot of times we like to think that it's, you know, Republicans are saying government's bad. Democrats are saying government needs to solve these problems. But when you really start looking at it, especially from the inside, you really start seeing everybody blames the government for some things and wants them to solve the problems for the other things. And it's, it's funny, it's funny to see that mix, and yet the, uh, the overarching thing is, you know, well, for our conversation, government is bad. Expeditious processing or, or I don't lack of energy or something like that. But Reality. a lot of that, again, has been regulated out. Um, there's, there's rules in place so that they can't do a lot of that stuff. And, and where I feel unfortunate is, um, and you know, a lot of times that the face of the DMV is the worker at the counter, but, you know, they're just a worker trying to, you know, make, make a wage and have some benefits for their family and, you know, pay their bills and stuff. It's, it's, you know, they didn't make the rules just like, you know, yelling at your waitress because your steak's not cooked correctly. It's like the waitress didn't cook the steak. Uh, so it's kind of misguided. So I think that's, that's one thing, separating the um, face of government from what is government um, in that sense. And I think people, I think people lose sight of that. I, I would argue that I've been to restaurants where my waiter sucked. I mean, he, he was not good at his job. Um, just like the person maybe I saw at the DMV that week was not good at their job. So not everyone's good at their job. Um, but I think when we hear it over and over and over, especially in um, the media, where it's just constantly bombarded, just reinforced that government is bad, you know, we're taxed too much and all that stuff. I think, you know, it's hard to be neutral when you hear other things. Um, I always also argue that, um, you know, if you don't like it here, you know, this is the classic thing. If you don't like it here, leave. I, I would argue that most people that are complaining about the government in the United States and, and what the trade-off would be, I guess. Does that make sense? I, I feel like I'm kind of- Yes. Wrong. And I think also what we've done, myself included, we have dehumanized government as this big, bad yeah, entity. When in fact, government is our neighbors and friends who go work. I sold a house to a woman who worked at the DMV. So yeah. it's our friends and our neighbors that. Make yeah, and I think that's that's the, the part that I think a lot of people are lost lost sight of. There are certainly inefficiencies. I think any, I think any entity, the larger the entity gets, be it the DMV or be it Microsoft. I think you start introducing more inefficiencies, uh, more ways for those employees who are not good employees. Because I still argue too that 
when, when I was in the military, um, you know, when I was working in the private sector, you know, in the uh, first part of my school years, my entire career at Chico State, uh, and looking at, at other things, you give me a pot of 10 people, 10 employees, there's probably going to be, you know, two, maybe three really super great ones. There's going to be two or three that you spend 90% of your time trying to manage to get, to get what you need to be um, them doing done. Uh, and then there's everybody in the middle that falls in the middle. And I don't care if that's, like I said, that was what I noticed in the military from basic training till I separated. Uh, at Chico State, when I worked for the landscape company, it was, it was all the same, same stuff. So I think that's a, that's a thing about people. I think it's magnified sometimes in the, certainly in the, uh, in the government sector, because if you run into one of those people at the Apple store, then you can go across the street to the Samsung store and maybe have a better experience. Uh, you, you don't get that at the DMV or, you know, other places. You don't, you don't have that option. So it is, so in that sense, I certainly understand it, and I've experienced it myself where it is more frustrating. Because, because in that sense, there is no other option for sure. You, we were talking a while back and you're basically talking about, you know, you can't have, you know, two sides of the same coin thing or the, or double-edged sword where, Hey, you guys want all this rules and regulation, but then you don't want it. Do you remember that conversation? Um, yeah, I forget. I, I don't know exactly what I was rambling about that day, but but I think it, it comes somewhat back to Americans have a fantastic, um, uh, and I just said it a little bit ago, but um, you know, level of uh, of living. You know, our 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 society, our quality of life is quality of life, and e the ease of the way is yeah. Massive. So we we love the fact that we can get on roads and they're in pretty good shape, and if there's inclement weather, they're plowed. Um, and we can go stay at a hotel along the way. And we know that if we turn on that water, it's, it's drinkable water. And if we go to the store, the, you know, the food there is, you know, in, you know, with, with exception, but you know, it's, healthy. you can bring it home and, and cut it up or eat it raw and you're probably not going to get sick. So we have all these things that we inherently, you know, take for granted. Um, you know, meanwhile, complaining about the, the government and yet, when you really start looking at almost everything in, in those settings, it's all based on some government regulation or some government oversight. Because again, I, I, I really enjoy that fact that I don't have to stress about those things. I can, I can, I shouldn't, but I can stress about other things. Well, about let them all be free to make their own choices the right way without the regulation. What about that argument? Yeah, it's crap. Um, and we see it over and over, um, you know, if that were the case back in the, in the days, then, you know, look at all the child, child labor, you know, that was happening in, in the industrial revolution, right? There was no, there was no government oversight of industry. If you got to the timber first, you got to cut it. If you got to the coal first, you got to, to mine it. Um, it was all about dog eat dog, the dog eat dog. Um, and the dog ate the dog and the dog ate the people and the dog ate the, you know, the chickens and 
So a lot of that was one to protect people um, from people, which that's a whole nother argument we can have or debate we can have about how far that's gone. Um, but one was about protecting people. One was about protecting the environment um, and natural resources, right? So that there wasn't, you know, the robber barons of the world controlling everything about the world um, or at least the United States. And um, well, I have a question. Do you think it's like the pendulum has just swung too, it's, it, it swings too far each in each direction each time. Cause right now, you know, and of course you and I grew up in the logging community mm-hmm. and when we, when we were young logging it was everywhere and people logged and, and yeah. it's basically, it's all been but shut down in the last 30 years, 40 years. Yeah. I, I certainly think, um, <clears throat> you know, I think that's one of the, the not, not good parts about the government, right. Is I think that it, it can be too controlling and it can lose sight of, of, of things. Um, you know, one of my favorite books is the big burn. Um, and it's the story about the, you know, the, the wildfire, you know, um, what was it? 3.2 million acres burned in one summer. Um, basically through one hellacious fire up through Idaho, um, about the same time the forest service was started. And that incident instance or incident, um, at the timing of when the forest service was getting created in large part started the last hundred years of, you know, any fire is bad. And it really started the, the, kind of one of the interesting things about that is it started really not to protect the natural resources of like the parks and stuff. It really started to protect the natural resources. It started off with protecting the national parks resources, right? Because they were brand new. They just, you know, um, they just started to be created. But after that incident, really what the, the pioneers in the forest service largely realized that they could save because there was part of the people that wanted to get rid of the, the forest service. Cause it, you know, we just started it a couple of years ago. They had this big fire. They couldn't do anything. It was a failed government thing. Let's, let's shut it down. The forest service kind of leveraged that to say, look at all the good we did do during the fire and think how bad it would have been if we hadn't been there, we would have burned all the timber in the West. And so a lot of people got behind that from a protection of corporate resources too, right? The, the timber that was still yet to be fallen. But that's, I think that's a good example of a government policy that started out with all the right intentions and over the years has just been misguided in some ways. And I think sometimes misguided completely innocently. And I think other times, you know, there's a lot of, I think, environmental um, groups and stuff that have leveraged and pushed the regulations um, to further their own agenda and just protect, you know, the forest at all costs, which now we're seeing, you know, it's, it can't support its own growth and and weight and is, is collapsing in on itself. Who's making the rules? Because most of the time, it's just like OSHA, you know, we just had this conversation because of COVID in California, especially OSHA doesn't directly make the rules. You've got the legislatures, right? Politicians, politicians get elected by making constituents happen or happy. So they're often 
promoting a regular uh, legislation without understanding what what really it means. They say we're going to protect you. We're going to do this, and then there's a board. Um, you know, a lot of times uh, of people from industries and represented groups who um, really make the rules. Um, they take the legislation and and write the regulations, and then that goes through a process. And then once it's done done being um, you know codified into the regulations, then OSHA just enforces it. But OSHA doesn't write the rules. So OSHA is just the they're just the boys in uniform. Right. It's kind of like, you know, the, um, the police, the police don't write the laws. They just enforce the laws. Now, different groups and stuff can, can get a law passed and, and it can become part of the regulations, but, uh, or a law in that sense. But, and that gets back to, I think, with the forest service, you can talk to some of the forest service, forest rangers. They may not agree with what's being done, but those are the rules that the especially now with the, the political action groups and the, and the lobbyists have lobbied uh, the, legislature, the legislature to pass, and that's handed down then to the government agency to carry out the, the rules and regulations. So that's kind of a real quick down and dirty, but it, it just goes to show, I think sometimes too, again, they, it's not in the hands, the decision makers are not the frontline people you see typically. So what is, is there, a, is this a, a monster, like, like a giant ship that's just, it's underway and there isn't much you can do to steer it one way or the other. You just sort of have to deal with where it's going in terms of like the average Joe dealing with government. Is it just something I, we just have to have train our brains and just have more patience with, or is there ways for people to try to make it more efficient and more personal or you know things like that yeah i mean it's 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 all that uh it is one big ship right i mean they you know people i back when i was in school you know they um there was some of the literature you know referred to the the federal government as the largest corporation in the world just by the sheer number of people and that includes military but sheer number of people and then the dollars in the United States that are spent, right? It is a big, big ship, right? Um, and then there's all the other stuff around that. The challenge is um, it's easier to pass a new regulation than it is, is to repeal a regulation. Um, that That's really where the challenge is. And so without real concerted effort, um, and I think especially now it'd be super challenging. Um, but without like a, a, a concerted bipartisan effort to pull back some of the regulatory uh, requirements um, and government oversight stuff, it is, it, is a, it is a super big ship. And like I said, it's easier to pass new regulations than it is to repeal old ones. And- um, Can old ones just be modified or is that- considered a repeal well repeal means pull it off the books right um yeah. you you can yeah in fact um regulations are modified frequently um some more than others a good here's a good example and i might get the the exact number wrong but for instance you know when when osha was first uh created 
was only in the early 70s. I mean, a lot of people think it's been around forever, but I mean, there, there's been labor law, but OSHA itself wasn't, um, wasn't created until the early 70s. And in, those, in the early 70s, a lot of new regulations were promulgated and, you know, and, and put into effect. Um, one of them being the list of carcinogens. And if I remember right, um, I think there's only in, in OSHA, there's only 16 chemicals that are listed carcinogens. Um, and it's only been, the, the list has only been modified a couple of times and that was really early on. The lobbyists from you know the petroleum industry and the chemical industry and the construction industry or you know whoever's got a vested interest in that chemical not being listed, you know, works with Congress and 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 works with all, all the groups that are you know that control the promulgation of those regulations, and it just never gets passed. It just gets tied up in. Um, in rulemaking. Uh, so where it sounds good, if we could all agree on what regulations needed to be changed, we could get them changed. But the trouble is, is that as soon as you say, I'm gonna pull this regulation back, the whole reason that regulation there in almost every case is because somebody or some group wanted it to be there. So one group will want it pulled back, the other group wants it to stay there, and there's the fight. So. We just got to deal with the dance. Well, in, in some things, and not everything's like that. I mean, there are, there are other things where, where there are efficiencies of government that, that aren't always, um, that don't take that level, right? Um, so I look at, and of course, you know, I only know the ones in the CSU for the most part, because that's the world that I operate in the most. But um, there are a lot of rules that have been put in place on government because either someone in the government messed up or someone in the government was, was not a good actor. And there's a lot of purchasing and contracting rules where, for instance, uh, I think it just, the, the dollar amount, I think just went up a little bit, but if, if I'm gonna do a public works job in the CSU system, and public works is a, is a job that changes any physical part of the university. So it's, you know, putting in, you know, streetlights or it's paving sidewalks and, um, you know, anything like that. If that job is over, it used to be over 5,000, I think it might be over 10,000 now. If that job's over $10,000, it has to go to bid because what they're worried about is somebody giving a contract to you know their uncle or their cousin or something like that yeah, favoritism right so you've got rules like that which sound great especially if you don't trust the government the trouble is is that for a small job you could spend as much time uh in labor hours uh you know working you know formalizing this huge contract and then sending it out to, to bid and then waiting for everyone to come back and, you know, bid. And then you have to evaluate the bids and you have to evaluate criteria so that it's super fair and that any company, if they didn't get the bid, can see where they didn't, you know. So there's this whole bureaucratic and administrative process behind the award of, of some of these, you know, 
in the, in the grand scheme of things, really small contracts. Um, and it takes weeks, if not months, to issue a contract that might only be worth you know, $35,000. Uh, and a week's worth of work, maybe to, to, to some construction company or contractor. So you think, yeah, it's really fair, but we probably spend you know, almost that much in, in labor hours and overhead to process that, that contract. Uh, for that job. So there's things like that, I think, that, that, are, that are a lower level, that there's a lot of things that if, if there were commissions to look at, yeah, maybe $5,000 made sense in 1965, maybe it should be, you know, $100,000 now. I, I, th I think that's where there's, there's a lot of efficiencies in government that, you know, are not huge things, but they're little things that if, if administrative processes could be reviewed, I think, where we, we could gain some efficiencies for sure. All right, let me throw something fun in here. Okay. We, it's no secret, we're in kind of a uh, tumultuous time where every five seconds someone says, don't trust the government. They lying to you. Everybody's lying to you. And there's conspiracies and government. And I've been one that like, I don't, I've never really been one for like trusting based on i don't even know what it's based on but i've always kind of felt that way never trust them so what about what do you say to the folks like that that they think everything's a government conspiracy other than that maybe that's a whole nother show well i mean in general terms what are they afraid of what are they afraid of well some of that cracks me up in some ways because it's like the, the same people that think it's a huge government conspiracy and a huge government cover-up are the same people that say the government, you know, couldn't pull their head out of their butt with two hands. So how can we be so bad and so inefficient and so inept and yet accuse them of no, being no one can figure out where we're hiding all this stuff and where we're conspiring and doing all this stuff. You're accused of being an idiot, but then you're also accused of being a master wizard. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, I think, um, I think a lot of it, I mean, in some ways, you know, it goes back, I mean, this whole country was started, right? Because we were trying to get away from oppression, um, you know, and so I, I think there is a healthy, uh, just in our history, and I guess, in, at least in the United States, in the DNA um, of, of not trusting the government, being suspicious of government. I think the other part that feeds into that is, you know, we've got 250 years of, or, you know, more of government that really we can draw on and, and the government has screwed up, right? I mean, the government has. Cause they're human um, and they don't have all the answers. And they're, yeah. And they're sometimes, they're you know, they're questions. certain portions of it are run by politicians and they're run by political parties and, and they have an agenda and, um, and, and sometimes that's for their own pocket. Sometimes that's for the pocket of large corporations. There, there's any number of things. Um, it's temptation, power. Yeah. Money. yeah. I don't think it's, so, I think it's more of the power. It tempts people to do less than savory things. I think it's power and I think it's money. I mean, if you, so here's, here's what used to crack me up you don't hear about it as much anymore, but I know that uh, they were making a big deal out of it, you know, in the, especially in the nineties um, 
hopefully all your your listeners can go back that far um but they all how you know they would make a they'd make a big deal about how oh you know the the government paid three hundred dollars for a toilet seat oh yes i remember you know and and just like that you know how stupid and how wasteful and blah 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 well so a couple things about that one when you know you're the federal government or the dod and you have a list of you know 1500 or you know 10,000 items and it's like give me a price for all this um and you know we've seen it i've seen it on contracts at chico state um, forbidding hazardous waste we say here's a list of 50 different kinds of waste that you could pick up from chico state give us a price um for each one of those um and some of the bid evaluation is on total price so we come up and we say you know let's let's take a you know two years ago we had this waste shipment let's take that waste shipment with this price you know bid and what would the shipment cost and that's a way of saying you know because we don't know what we're going to ship each time that's a way of evaluating everybody with the same kind of list of chemicals well if you're if you just took a chance and it's like, they're probably not going to ship this very much, but instead of a hundred dollars, I'm going to make it $10,000. And if I get lucky and that's not part of the bid criteria, uh, they're not going to catch it. And then if I get super lucky, they might even ship that waste a couple of times. And then I get 10 grand for something everyone else only get a hundred dollars for. And everyone's pissed at the government about it. Right. Cause we're so inefficient and we're all this stuff. And it's like, how come no one's pissed at the contractor? Because the contractor is the one charging the money. Because the contractor is one of us, man. Right. No, and that's and that's where I get back to that's where people get. So sometimes it's not just the government being the bad actor. It's it's the contractors who are screwing the government, and the government, if they catch them, it makes national news, and you're in trouble. If you don't catch them, then oh well, yeah. I've you're not in trouble, but countless. you're wasting taxpayer money. Well, I've heard of countless stories and even seen people say, oh, this is, you're doing this for the city? Yeah, charge them whatever you want, man. It's not yeah. their money. They don't care. Right. And I think some people don't care, but I think a lot of people do care and we're caught in, within the rules and there's only so much we can do. Um, and I think that gets back to the more we dehumanize the government, then the less we can do about it. So we need to put a happy face on the government no i mean that the solution what's the solution so what's the solution become part of the government and fix it solve the no 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 can't do that (laughs) yeah no it's great come on in the water's warm the water's fine no i i think complain about if we go in and fix things but i think a lot of it too is a lot of it is look at the cause i mean try to figure out the cause and stop stop just attacking because it's easy to attack find a solution um, the solution and 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 work to find a solution i mean some of that is again or shut up you know there was a story and i forget which uh so when we went through the 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 economic downturn in like 2009 2010 2011 um i was that i i was you know working on on my degree and there was an example uh kind of late in that late in that program where I think it was the University of Virginia, the legislature said, hey, we're going to cut your budget by, you know, 
fifty million dollars or five hundred million or some. You know, it was it was a large amount to to them. Uh, you know, fifty dollars is a lot to me, so that was a large amount to them. And the the I'm pretty sure it's University of Virginia system. So the system went back to them and said, you know what? Go ahead and cut our budget. We'll agree to that cut in our budget if you agree to let us out from underneath the state requirements for for contracting out and for doing, you know, you know, for a lot of the stuff that the state had put on the system. And the legislature said, okay, you can do that. And um, they, that end of that fiscal year, University of Virginia actually came out ahead of where they were um, prior to going into that cut. Because some of those things I'm talking about, like the overhead, the, bur the overburden, um, or um, the, the, the administrative burden was just removed and they could, they could bid things out in a, in, in a different way and they didn't efficient way. Yeah. And I think, you know, some of that too was, you know, there's the paying prevailing wage on every job and stuff like that too. And I, I don't even think they had to follow that. That's, that's pretty remarkable. Um, but, but they saved incredible amounts of money. So I think a conversation, you know, I think that's where if more of us, you know, wrote our representatives and said, I don't want you to pass a new reg regulation. Um, we need to work on pulling back some regulations. And that, if you really want to make government, you know, smaller, more efficient, I think is a better way because every time something passes, a lot of times it takes, and you know, you still got to do all the other stuff that's on the books. Now you just have to figure out a way to do the new program as well. All right. Sorry, I can't make it any sexier than that. That's okay. Um, <laughs> I, I think we're going to wrap this up. Is there anything you want to talk to, to mention that I have not asked you about this topic? Um, that you want people to know? I, I think that government is more interesting than they think it is if they would just stop and 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 learn a little bit more about it um it certainly was for me uh, and not just and i don't say that because i'm in it i was in it for a long time i think once you at least for me you know taking a political science type class learning about government structure and why it's there the good and the bad of it um, as an adult with life experiences to kind of say, oh, you know, when I'm sitting there as a sophomore in high school in a political science class, I have nothing, I've never, I've never been in the DMV. I don't know what the hell they're talking about. Um, you know, I've never worked with uh, an insurance company or I mean, that's a bad example, but you know, any state entity or government entity, you have nothing to base it on. I think once you're an adult and you can kind of start seeing the good and the bad of it, uh, it, it can be really interesting, but you got to get away from, uh, you know, CNN's slant on it and you got to get away from Fox's slant on it. And you just got to, you know, good old academic reading um, can, can really. So you're wanting to strip the sexy away from hating government. 
it's just so easy. I mean, yeah, really, it's like it. blaming your parents. It's like blaming your parents for for thing. You know, if you look at a household, who's the government? It's the parents. You just blame them for everything. That's you know, it's just. And, and here's the thing: parents screw up. And here's the thing: government screws up because they're made of parents. Because they're made humans, right? I mean, it's it's not a perfect system. It can't be a perfect system. So, um, depends on what you how you define perfect system, I guess. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's all I have to say about that. No, that's great. It's been a great, uh, we've had more exciting conversations, but hey, we needed to have this one too. (laughs) We're talking about the government. I told you it's not exciting. You gotta make it sexy, but hating on it is sexy and you want to take that away. Okay. Yeah. I'm not a big hater. I mean, I, you know, if you don't know that already, I just, I gotta change my whole narrative now. Damn it. Gonna be a tough one. You've been on it for a long time. Only because I it's because I was fed. It's not like I did any homework on my own, really. It's just it was because yeah. the crap I was fed and he was fed and generations were fed the same goulash. Yeah. So that's why it happened. This people don't nobody's like, I'm gonna go read a government book. That sounds exciting. Can I read a can I read a math book and a, and a dictionary at the same time, please? It's about as exciting as that gets, so yeah all right man well thank you so much for your time once again thank you again for listening to the parish the thought show we would love your comments and feedback on our website at brian slash feedback if you love or hate what you hear please give us a rating on whatever platform you find us you're still here Click on the next episode for more from the Paris the Thought Show.